Hi there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. I'm John Morrison, and uh, I'm here as your host today for one of our podcasts uh, related to this whole focus series on sexuality and identity. Today we have a guest, a very special guest, Jerry Buckholtz, who works with CREW. You may have known that organization as Campus Crusade for Christ. Jerry has worked with CREW for the better part of the last 50 years as one of their missionaries in residence. She specifically has been assigned to the Jesus film for many, many years. Uh, She and her husband worked together on college campuses for many years. The reason I know her is that she's Diane's aunt, my wife Diane's aunt. And Jerry is going to talk a little bit with us today about what it's like to look at your identity and your sexuality when you've been married and then you lose a spouse. What happens when you're a widow? And how do you address that desire for companionship? How do you address the, the sense of fullness that you had with a spouse and now the emptiness you have with having lost that spouse? It's certainly something that many of us contend with um, in our lives. And we're going to get to hear Jerry Buckholtz now as she shares with us from the, um, from the recording studios of uh, Crew and of the Jesus Film production studios down in Orlando, Florida. Jerry Buckholtz. Hello, Fellowship Bible Church. My name is Jacqueline Callum, and today we're talking to you from Orlando, Florida. We're in the Jesus Film Project office, where you can see behind us, we have a tour that takes place every day here. And if you're ever in Orlando, we'd love to have you come and join us. The goal for the um, podcast today is for you to be encouraged, inspired, and even more equipped to love God and to love others as well. This series you were watching is called Sexuality and You. And let me introduce my friend, Jerry Buckholtz. We've worked together for a little over 20 years here at the Jesus Film in different locations. But Jerry was married to her husband, Art, for 42 years and became a widow 13 years ago. Um, I want you to hear how she has navigated life, and this would be in today's segment of identity and sexuality. So, Jerry, I want to want you to tell the folks here um, a little bit about yourself. I'd be glad to. Well, my name is Jerry Buckholz, and I was born in Amarillo, Texas, and I now live in Florida, here in Orlando. I have two children. Uh, a son, Brian, who is living in Virginia, used to live in Winchester. Some of you may know him. I have a daughter who lives in Austin, Texas. And I'm blessed with six grandchildren, three boys and three girls. So um, that's just a little background. Okay. How, how long have you worked with the Jesus Film in crew? Uh, I've worked with Jesus Film uh, for 27 years. And how, of all people, did John Morrison choose you to be <laughs> the one who's being interviewed today? Well, that's, um, that's my question, too, but he did. So here I am. And, well, the connection is uh, his wife, Diane, is my sister's daughter. So Diane is my niece. And I'm uh, good. And then also, I enjoyed attending Fellowship Bible 
when I was in Winchester on occasion and was recently there, I think in the last year or so. So I know uh, Mark, your pastor, and different ones. So okay. that's how I know. Tell us also how you became a believer in Christ and then how um, you were discipled. Well, I grew up in a godly home, mm -hmm. and my parents were both believers. And I remember very clearly when I was about seven years old, my dad used to get my sister and me to sit on the living room floor on a blanket with mm -hmm. him. And he, we would talk about different things, but we would talk about the Bible. I believe we memorized some scripture. And uh, I remember one afternoon, I asked him, How, what is a Christian? And he said, he explained to me that a Christian is someone who knows they do wrong things. And we call that sin and that Jesus died for those wrong sins and he forgives us. And we, if we want to know him, we invite him into our heart and accept his forgiveness. And I said, I believe that. And so I realized then I was a Christian and I've never doubted it since then, mm. which is a real blessing. Those are some sweet memories. And yeah. I grew up, you know, in high school and college, and I struggled with obeying Christ. And sometimes I did well, and sometimes I, I didn't do so well. I wanted to direct my life and mm -hmm. make my plans and do whatever I wanted to do instead right. of surrendering. Yeah. Well, tell us how you met your husband, Art, and where that took place. Well, we, I was uh, right out of college and went to Denver to teach elementary school. He was in the U.S. Air Force at that time. He was a second lieutenant. And we met at a singles group on a Sunday night at a, at a church. And uh, about a year later, we were married, and less than a year, actually. <laughs> so Art, Art was a believer, and... He was uh, stationed or going to Japan. In fact, he had already gone, and he came back to marry me. Mm. Then we went back to Japan and uh, lived there for three years. But um, during that time, uh, we uh, went to a Christian servicemen's conference. Mm. And the speaker there was a... Uh, a wonderful missionary who lived in Japan for years. And the night before we left, I have a memory of our lying in bed and talking about how we really wanted our lives to change, that we were really pretty carnal and we were just kind of fooling around with the Lord. We weren't really, we weren't really walking with him, but we wanted that to change. And the next morning, this speaker talked about daring to be a Daniel. And he, by that he meant be willing to go anywhere, do anything that God asks you to do. And then at the end, he said, if you want to be a Daniel and do that, please stand. Well, we just shot out of our chairs because we knew we wanted to do that. And I thought everybody in the room would stand, right? Well, we were the only ones standing. But I am so thankful for that time because it started, our lives changed after that. Mm -hmm. And I believe it started the greatest adventure 
any human spirit can know. And I like to call it a God ride. Wow. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more. Once you surrendered your life, what started taking place? Well, um, uh, after we did that, we'd been in, in Japan about two years, and we began to want to study the Bible. And we, we wanted to, to go to school to study the Bible. So, um, uh, we, after Art finished with his Air Force duties, we went back to the States and we went to seminary for a year, both of us. We had saved some money and, um, I had been teaching while, um, he was in the Air Force. So we'd saved some money and we were able to go. So after a, a year, we ran out of money. So I went back to teaching and Art was able to finish a master's degree in New Testament. Mm -hmm. And then after that, he started teaching and uh, I began to have, we, ha we had our first child, our son, and then three years later, we had our daughter. And we also, um, after five years in Illinois, we, I'd always wanted to live in Colorado. And of course, we did live in Denver and met there. But I said, let's see if we can go live in Colorado again. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a miracle story behind it. But Art got a teaching job in Fort Collins, Colorado. But because it was a miracle, we knew God had opened that door yeah. for us to go. Mm -hmm. So... um while we were in Fort Collins, uh, we joined a church, a very good church, and we, um, Art became head of the deacons. I became a deaconess and was in the choir and such, and our kids were small. And uh, we began to grow, and our pastor was really excited about Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm. So he would have the local staff come and train the leaders in the church. So we received the training and we got to know the staff and through just, you know, exposure to Campus Crusade, we, and also another miracle or two where I don't have time to tell you, but we decided we wanted to be full-time missionaries. Okay. So we applied and were accepted and joined staff. And what kind of work staff. did you do then? Were um, well, Once you became uh, we on staff. Um, we went to Philadelphia University of Pennsylvania for two years. Then we came back to Texas at University of Texas, and we worked with students who come from many nations to study the international students. And we had a ministry with those people for about. 16 years or 17 years. And um, uh, after that, um, we found out, uh, I know in 79, we joined staff in 75. In 79, the Jesus film came out and was produced and began to be translated into many languages. And uh, probably around 1985, we started using the Jesus film. And we realized that, like, we would have students 
Americans went home for spring break, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the international students stuck around without much to do. Mm -hmm. So we would reserve rooms on campus and show the Jesus film in like 10 different languages in 10 different rooms and invite pastors of like Vietnamese, Iranian, different Chinese, and we would have showings all in one night. We would invite, we would go to student housing and just leave invitations around. Mm -hmm. So we realized from this that, oh my gosh, in two hours, these students would understand who Jesus was mm -hmm. and what he did and it was in their language, so it was in their mother language, and yeah. they could, it touched their hearts. And it was so powerful. We were, we were just like, this is like God's word on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the best thing since sliced bread for us. So then, um, in the middle of that, Art decided he would like to, or he felt led to get his doctorate. Hmm. And, um, Advanced degrees w meant a lot overseas and with international students. So um, uh, we were led for him to do that. And then he finished his doctorate in missiology in 1992. And at that point, we just, we just felt like God was leading us to join the ministry of this powerful film. Okay. And so... We um, joined the Jesus Film Project, um, and we moved to from Austin to San Clemente, California. Oh. And our kids were um, in college by then, so it was a, a time when we could do something like that a little more easily. And we began our jobs, which was to go around the world and train people to use the Jesus film. Mm. So we trained film teams. Okay. And um, in a year, probably art would take four to seven long trips, anywhere from two weeks to six weeks. Mm -hmm. And I would go on probably half of those with him. And um, we did that for 13 years, that kind of travel. Oh, wow. And in fact, art, um, my husband served on every continent except oh. Antarctica. Mm. <laughs> That's a pretty good statistic. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2005, <clears throat> Jesus Film moved to Orlando. Mm -hmm. So at that time, Art was 65 and I was 63. So um, we were not all that excited about Florida. We talked well, maybe we'll retire mm -hmm. at that point. Mm. Or we talked about other options, about going, you know, to work with international students again. And one day we were talking about it, and Art said, to retire is to die. Mm. <laughs> and I'd never heard him say that. And I knew right then we were going to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the impact of the loss of your husband and all that went with it um, for you um, caused you to have to navigate some very deep waters with the Lord. Can you talk about how that occurred? Well, um, first of all, we, you know, we went to Orlando and we bought a house and um, we were just working 
Art continued traveling and training, and I took a different job of coaching. And um, then 10 months later, Art just suddenly died in his sleep. He'd had a great day. On the way home that day from work, he just he was so excited about um, going to Latin America, and he had a trip set up and so forth. And I was nauseated, and I had eaten something bad, I guess, and uh, had thrown up that night. And so he he said, "Jerry, why don't you sleep in the bed, and I will sleep in the lazy boy in my mm-hmm. office." Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so we hugged goodnight and parted ways, and that was the last time I mm. spoke with him. So it, it, it was so shocking. Um, I slept all night, and I felt better in the morning. I got up, and I put a piece of bread in the toaster and thought, where is Art? He's so quiet. He must be reading a really good book. So I went into the office to check and see what he was doing. And he was in the, in the lazy boy. He looked like, you know, he was reclined and looked like he was sleeping and just at peace. And then I looked at his face and I knew his color wasn't right. And of course he didn't respond. I went over to him and I checked his pulse and his breathing. And I realized he was gone, and he had, he he had had his final graduation. Yes. And I, over time, I, you know, I began to rejoice because he had a great day, and then he just went to bed and, and like woke up in heaven. Um, I'm sure he didn't suffer too much. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do anything. I felt like he was the winner and I was the loser. And um, I think let's back up a little bit and talk about your marriage. If you do that, how how was your marriage? Well, um, we had a good marriage. I call it a good marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I really wanted to, um, my goals were to, um, I would say the first 25 years we kind of did this, but mm. you know, we were opposites in personality. Oh. And, uh, we were, we were learning by traveling together. We were learning to be like this. And we were choosing to, you know, work together more and more. And, and that caused us to, to, uh, take our strengths and weaknesses and put them together. So um, we had had a lot of trials over those uh, 10 years of traveling. And about three years into it, we realized that I was getting sick the week before every trip. Mm-hmm. I would get an infection in my eye, in my colon, in my bladder. I get heart palpitations. And it was always consistently the week before we left. So um, we realized we were being attacked mm-hmm. by the enemy. And we, we were attacked physically, especially I was. Spiritually, on a trip, 
uh, an, a, a evil spirit um, somehow attacked us or me, and it was a very real scary thing. And I experienced the only depression in my life for about three years. So with all this put together, we realized that we needed, we needed, we were in a war, we were in a battle. And we were not going to, to live, or we weren't going to come out of this well without some help. So we, de- we decided to go around the country in all the places that we'd ever lived and challenge people to pray for us. And the challenge was pray for us for a week before we left on a trip, the whole time we were gone, and a week after. And you've, you've been on many trips, mm-hmm. so you know what this battle it's is reality, like. Yes. Yeah. So we probably challenged a thousand people altogether. Mm-hmm. And it was a big commitment because we, we asked them to pray all day, <laughs> all throughout the day. Wow. And so only a dozen people said yes. Mm-hmm. But that was enough. Mm-hmm. So they began to pray. We would tell them, what we were facing on this trip, and they would pray, and it made all the difference. And our marriage even went from a good marriage to, I would say, uh, being like a second-year honeymoon, only richer and fuller. So the last eight to ten years of our marriage was the best. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely the best. And then suddenly? Yes. Without warning, I'm a widow. Yes. And how did you live those first days of being a widow? And I know that's extremely difficult. So tell us a little bit about that. Because you've been through this, too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, So um, I would wake up... um, we buried Art in Texas, and while I was there and going through all of the memorial and everything, the Lord would wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, day after day. And I would open the Word, and we would, I would talk to Him. I would cry. I would uh, just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do with my life now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, I didn't even know who I was without him. Yes. It was like we had been this, I mentioned. When he died, it was like being wrenched apart. And here I am. And I don't know who this is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that there are any words to describe how I felt. Um, but the Lord gave me an illustration of a rope, a nice heavy rope that is wound together. And I felt like that would describe our lives. Mm-hmm. We traveled together. We did everything together. And I would, what I saw was a piece of rope about this long that represented us. And the strands had been pulled apart. Mm-hmm. And it, they were made of fabric, kind of, a, you know, so they were shredded. And lots of them. And they were on this table. And it was like half of them 
were removed. And the other strands that were remaining were me. And I was just shredded and undone. And I, I felt like, uh, I, I began to wrap my life around the Lord and He around me. And I feel like He made a rope out of rope. the two of us, yes. <laughs> the Lord and me. But one, one of those mornings, um, early mornings, I was desperate. And I, I said, Lord, I've been told never to do this but I'm just going to flip open my Bible, and would you talk to me? And so I did that, and it fell on Psalm 37, verses 3 to 5, and I had underlined them, so my eyes fell on that. And it says, trust in the Lord. And I said, Lord, I am. I'm trusting in you. And it said, do good. And I said, Lord, I want to do good. And then it says, dwell in the land. And I and the Lord spoke to me then, and he, I was thinking I would move to Austin and, you know, leave Orlando, mm-hmm. and he said, I called you to the Jesus film just as much as art, mm-hmm. and I didn't want him in Orlando, I wanted him with me. Oh, I wanted you yeah. there. That's how he got you. Yes, and that's what exactly what he said. Oh man. And that was so clarifying. Oh my gosh, I was, okay, Lord. And then it said, um, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And also he said, it also says cultivate faithfulness. And um, that was when he said to stick with Jesus film. And then I said, Lord, I don't know what it means to delight in you. I've read this, and I I don't know how. Mm. Would you teach me how to delight Mm -hmm. in you? Mm -hmm. And he definitely has. And then it says, commit your way to him. Trust also in him, and he'll do everything concerning you. It was just like balm to my soul. And then the next morning, I said, Lord, would you do that again? And I flipped open my Bible again. Oh, my. <laughs> and it fell on Psalm 68, and I had underlined verse 5 in a Russian orphanage. And it says, the, the Lord is the father of the widow. I mean, of the orphan, sorry. And he is the protector of the widow. So I started crying and thanking God for, for leading me straight you led me straight to a widow's first, Lord. That is so wonderful. What a promise. Yeah. So, um, and then it said, he puts the lonely in families. So I said, Lord, does that mean my physical family or my crew family or both? Mm. Or does that mean you want me to marry again? Mm-hmm. And so I said, Lord, if you want me to marry again, you have to, I want you to initiate it. And I would like for you to bring him straight to my door in front of me that I don't miss him. Mm. And that, that kind of, um, you know, I thought about the, the first Corinthians verse where Paul talks about, uh, to widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried 
as I do. So I remember that verse, and, and I didn't, you know, think I would ever probably marry again. But uh, since that day, I've had a daily time with the Lord. I, I just don't allow myself to miss that mm -hmm. anymore. So you just told us about the first few days after you were widowed. How about that first year? Because that's so very critical. Well, the first year I spent traveling around the United States to the places we'd lived and shared Art's memorial video with our friends. Oh. No one could, could believe he had died. So it, it was a very healing year for me. And then I jumped right back into Jesus Film Work and I continued coaching and eventually I was made the coordinator over uh, six, five or six coaches as Jesus Film began to grow. And then also I be, was privileged to be on the personal funding executive team of crew. So I was very, very busy. Um, God definitely pushed me out of the boat of comfort. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and you were been, helping people in a huge way. You were helping them raise their support and get on board so they could report here. Right. And I've heard all kinds of people mentioning that. So that's a, God used you mightily. I enjoy coaching. So how did you handle all this busyness after you got pushed out of the boat and grief? Because it's still a time of grief. Yeah. It, I, it, it definitely was. Mm -hmm. I cried most of the time <laughs> for the first few years. It felt like, and uh, even walking from the parking lot to the office by myself was huge. Mm -hmm. And I would usually cry during that time. And I would have waves of grief that would just, I could not control. Um, I'm an extrovert, so I have had lo loneliness. And I didn't feel like I fit anywhere anymore. I didn't, I didn't fit with singles and I didn't enjoy being with all widows, mm -hmm. but I, I felt like I was married still, and mm -hmm. I wanted to be with families and couples. I, I had to initiate all the time because I, I needed to be with people. Mm -hmm. So the, over time, the waves of grief wouldn't just knock me flat. I, I could, they became less frequent, mm -hmm. and I was a little more stable. Mm -hmm. And there's a book I read that really helped me. It's called Streams in the Desert, mm -hmm. and I read it every day for almost five years. Tell us some things that you learned in that time. Um, I realized that I'm very vulnerable, mm. and I, I believe widowers are as well. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes our feelings are overwhelming, and um, we think we know what we need, and so we start, you know, just kind of getting a sense of independence and uh, realize that God is my mate, mm -hmm. and he the one, He's the one who never leaves me. He's, he has his arm around me. And I had a need to be around godly widows and widowers mm -hmm. and learn from them, especially those like you that were a few steps ahead of me. I remember you gave me a book to read, mm. left, left it on my desk. And then uh, I, I mostly needed prayer warriors. Yes. And a lot of people prayed for me. I just was so thankful. Um, 
those were some of the major things I learned that I'm never alone mm -hmm. because the Lord never leaves me. If you could tell us how your identity and sexual life are different now from when you were married and how you see God's faithfulness in that realm. Well, yes, after 13 years of widowhood, I have had miracle after miracle mm. that um, for different places and different reasons. And I have, I can honestly say that this past 13 years have been the most beautiful, transformative years of my life. And I wouldn't have wanted to miss them. Now that is such a miracle in itself. Yeah, it sounds strange. I know who I am now without mm -hmm. a mate. Mm -hmm. I know who I am in the Lord. Yes. And I've learned that no two widows are alike and that we have you know, a lot in common. Mm -hmm. So true. So what about looking forward? What about marriage? Well, I've dated a few uh, wonderful godly men and have enjoyed that. And But specifically in 2012, a, a widower called me out of the blue. I didn't know him at all. And if, uh, someone had given him my phone number because he was interested in being involved in the Jesus film. Mm -hmm. He had been on a Jesus film trip and seen the power of it. Mm -hmm. And so I, he was in California and I was trying to figure out how he could be involved. And so every now and then I would, we would talk on the phone about that for about three months. And then um, he decided that he wanted to come to Orlando to meet me hmm. in person. Hmm. So he did that and he's still here. <laughs> okay. So uh, we enjoyed uh, meeting each other. We found out we have a lot in common and uh, we were attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. So I learned that just because you're in your 60s or 70s doesn't mean you lose your desire for intimacy mm -hmm. and in being close to someone, yes. uh, we were able to keep our physical attraction in check. And so we've had a very healthy relationship. Um, we continued to enjoy music. He was a violinist. I, mm -hmm. I was a, a vocalist and we love worshiping together. We love praying together. Uh, we go on walks. We enjoy that together, yeah. shopping. We, in fact, we go on prayer walks. Mm. And we every now and then watch a good movie and watch a football game. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing, reading books together, talking and so forth. So yeah, it's been a really sweet relationship. So what are your plans for the future? Well, um, you may be thinking, you know, that the Lord told me that if I, he brings somebody to mm -hmm. face to face, uh, that possibly we should be thinking of marriage. So definitely we have, and we've talked about it, and we definitely uh, love each other and enjoy each other. But at the same time, we have both agreed that we are content to not marry and feel that is the way God is leading. And 
So I'm thankful that God has us on the same mm -hmm. page. I'm also considering moving uh, to Texas and being closer to my my wonderful daughter and her family, which I love being with them. And so I'm asking the Lord to lead me every step in that, just mm -hmm. step by step. And I, I'm looking forward to the next chapter in the God ride <laughs> that he gives me. Mm -hmm. And my, my deepest desire, and I, I tell the Lord this often, I want to run to the finish line and give you everything I've got and fall over in your arms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it goes back to that time in Japan when I think, you know, they, we were challenged to dare to be a Daniel. Yeah. And we said, Lord, we'll go anywhere. We'll do anything. And to me, that was a surrender that um, has given me the most incredible life. I could, could not have even imagined it. So I'm still surrendering. I try to do this daily, consciously. I don't always, but that's my, my goal is to walk and surrender to the Lord day by day. So honestly, I can say that of women, I feel like I'm the most blessed in the world. I've been all over the world and, and had a, just so many experiences with the Lord. My life has been a, a total God ride. And if I would give wisdom or a word of wisdom, uh -huh. it would be to trust Christ as your Savior and surrender to Him and say, Lord, I'm all yours and I'm all in. And then get ready for your God ride. Oh, you would have missed it if you wouldn't have surrendered. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for being so transparent. Thank you for sharing You're your welcome. personal life with joy. me and with our audience at, at Fellowship Bible Church. Thank you for joining us. And I hope this has been something that will help you in the future um, as you pursue your walk with the Lord. And we're excited that we could be part of it. So thank you. Thanks so much for joining us as Jerry Buchholz shares from her life how God has helped her deal with the loneliness that comes after losing a spouse and yet how to find a full life uh, with him and within the community of God's people. We want you to remember that we will continue doing all we can to help you in your relationship with Christ and your relationship with others within Christian community. And you can find resources like this podcast through the Fellowship Bible Church website, fbcva.life. We hope you'll join us for future kinds of uh, messages, podcasts, and a variety of resources that we intend to continue to offer the Fellowship family. Thanks very much for being with us. Uh, may the Lord bless you.